to teach today on the subject of the nature of God, God's divine nature that is in us. We've been talking about that. Today I want to focus on how to function in God's nature. How to function in God's nature. Um, you know, God's nature, God's nature is the fact that he is holy. God's nature is, 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 includes his love. God is love. God is gracious. God is kind. God is merciful. These are all aspects of his nature. God is righteous. God is perfect in all of his ways. And his nature is in us. And the word of God, God says for, to you and I, he says in, in Matthew 5 verse 48, to be perfect, even as your heavenly father is perfect. So God is perfect. That is his nature. That is the sum total of his nature. And God tells us to be perfect even as he is perfect. What could that mean? That is saying that we are to function in his nature. Now, according to Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 14, by the one offering that Jesus offered when he offered up himself on the cross, by that one offering, he has perfected forever those of us who are sanctified, those of us who are separated unto God. Amen? So God desire for you and I to function in his nature, the very nature of of God that has been deposited on the inside of our born-again spirit the moment we got born again. So the question today is, how do you and I function in God's nature? How do you function in God's nature? The single answer, the singular answer is this, by faith. You and I are going to function in God's nature by faith. Romans 1 verse 17 says, that the just shall live by faith. It says that when you are born again, you are the just. You are the righteousness of God. And you are to live this life, this new life that you have, this life of God that is in you, you are to live this life by faith. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7 says that the life that you now live, you don't live it by walking by sight. You don't live it by sight. You walk by faith, not by sight. Every, the movement you make, you're moving in God. Your movement in the Christian life, moving from point A to point B, how do you do it? You walk by faith. Faith is the key as to how you're going to function in this new life, in your born-again life, in the life of God that is in you. This is the key as to how you function in the nature of God. God's nature is part of the inheritance that you were born again to. You are born again to an inheritance by the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ to an inheritance that is incorruptible, that is undefiled, that faded not away, to an, to an inheritance that is perfect, an inheritance that is immortal in the essence of its being. It has no dents. It has no, it has no, it, 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 it is perfect. It is no, there is no disfigurement within it. There is a perfection. There is a purity of the inheritance that you're born again to, and that inheritance includes the very nature of God. Acts 26 verse 18 says that you receive this inheritance by faith. So it is by faith that we take a hold of the, the, the divine nature and we function in that divine nature. First, Peter, First Timothy 1 verse 12 says that you fight the good fight of faith. Why? Why do you fight the good fight of faith? So that you might lay a hold of 
on eternal life, that you might lay a hold on God's divine nature to which you have been called. We have been called to the divine nature of God. We have been called to function in that nature, to receive and function in that nature. And for that reason, there are forces that oppose you, that want to hinder you from functioning in the nature of God, from functioning in the love of God, from functioning in righteousness and in mercy and in truth. There are forces that come from, that from, come from history, background, from the world, there is selfishness, there is the works of the flesh. All of these things are forces to stop you from functioning in that nature of God that you are called to, that you are to lay a hold of. So there is a fight, and you got to earnestly contend for the faith. There is a fight where this is concerned, amen? And there is, it's a fight of faith, because it is with this faith that you lay a hold on this eternal life, this nature of God. So what is faith if faith is the answer, which it is, to how you lay hold of this eternal life? What is faith? Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, and it is the evidence of things not seen. How does that, what does that mean? How does that break down? Faith is confidence. I like the word confidence. Faith is confidence. It's a confident assurance of what it is that we hope for. It is a deep conviction of what we, 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 we don't see, but yet there is, this con, there is this conviction. We're not able to perceive it by our senses, but the Word of God says this is how it is, and faith says, I believe this. Faith has this conviction that it is so, and it has this full assurance. It is confidence in what God has spoken. It is confidence in the Word of God. It is confidence in what is written. Psalms 119 verse 8 and 9 says, The word of God is settled in heaven. It is established. And faith says, yes, that is how it is. Faith knows that God watches over his word to perform it. So faith has this confidence in the word of God, in the character of God, in God backing up his word, in God bringing fulfillment to his word. Faith is confidence in the sacrifice of Christ. It is confidence in the sacrifice of Christ. It says in, um, that this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. But it also says, thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through the sacrifice. So the victory comes through the sacrifice. Faith is the, faith is, is, is the victory. So faith is confidence in the sacrifice of Christ. Amen. What Jesus has finished. Confidence in what he has finished. Jesus came. To, Jesus says, I came to this world, and the, Father, the reason I came here is the work you've given me to do. I have come, and I have finished it. What was that work? It was to restore everything to God's original intent. So faith stands in this place that says, I am confident that what Jesus did in his sacrifice, what it has accomplished is that everything has been reconciled to God's original intent. So faith stands in this place of confidence, and faith has this shield that it holds up so high that when the fiery darts of the enemy comes to make you wonder and to cause you to doubt and to, and to move you from, for, and to, to move your eyesight from what is finished, from what, from what God is saying, from what is settled in heaven, to move your eyesight to what it looks like and what it feels like and the circumstances, faith says, no, 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 that's not the truth. Faith says, I believe what is finished. I believe that what Jesus did, everything has been reconciled to God's original um, intent. Therefore, there's whatever it is that appears that's a deception. 
That's a deception. It might be facts, but it is not the truth. Truth is what is settled in heaven. Truth is the word of God. Truth is the way God sees it. Facts is, are the things here that are subject to change. Facts is, is the information that comes from your reasoning, etc., etc. So faith is confidence. It is not logical, but it is confidence. It is not reasoning. It is based on the word of God. Faith is confidence in what the blood speaks, in what the blood declares. The blood declares that you and I have been joined unto God. We have been enjoined unto God. We have come in a covenant relationship with God. So that all that God is, all that God has, is, access, is available to us. And we, are, and, it, and we have access to that because of the blood. So the everlasting blood declares that, that, that because of who God is and all that he is and all that he is in you, you are well equipped for every good work. He has become your sufficiency. He has become your strength, your enablement, your wisdom, your life, your hope. He is everything. Amen? So the blood, having joined you to God, what it does, it means all of the inheritance, all of the promises, they are yes and they are amen. All that God is, he is to you, he is for you, he is on your behalf. Your righteousness is of him. So faith therefore has this confidence that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Why? Because your righteousness is of God. God is backing you up. Amen? Faith has this mindset. Faith says if God is for me, who can be against me? What shall I say to all these things? All of these things and all of these happenings around me. Oh, I am not moved. Why am I not moved? Because I know in whom I have believed, and he, and he is faithful. I know whom, whom I have believed, and he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him. There is no situation, no challenge that can ever come upon me except such that is coming to man, and God makes a way, has already made a way of escape so that I could come to victorious. I, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to release and be, release the very spirit of faith. So that you can know this is the faith that you have in your born-again spirit. It is one of confidence. Hallelujah. Faith is confident in the life of Christ that is in you. And now here is something. Faith believes that everything, everywhere is subject to the nature of Christ. And that nature is in you. Everything bows to the nature of Christ. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 16, it says, For by him, that's Christ, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones, dominions, principalities, or powers, all things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things consist. Everything is subject to Christ, and everything is subject to the nature of Christ. Hallelujah. This is the mindset of faith. This is how, this is what, how, faith, this is how faith thinks. This is how faith believes. And as a result, this is how faith, faith speaks, and this is how faith acts. How do you function in God's divine nature? By faith. By faith. By faith. The God kind of life. How do you function in it? By faith. So, all right. So, let's, 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 let's look at this a little bit closer. Well, first of all, you need to know, first of all, you got to have God's divine nature to start with. You got to have God's divine nature, and you got to know that you have it. 
Well, how are you going to get God's divine nature? You can only get God's divine nature one way. It has to come on the inside of you. And the only way it's going to get in there is you have to be born again. You cannot have it just by going to church. You cannot have it just out because of your own goodness. You ought to go to church. You ought to be good. You cannot have it just because um, you, you can't have it by any other means. You can't have it because, oh, I've suffered so much. You know, in other words, maybe, maybe if I suffer, maybe if I, 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 um, if I do all these works and no, 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 it doesn't come, it doesn't come that way. It is important and it's good to do good works, but it comes only one way. You must be born again. That's what Jesus said. What does that mean? It means you must believe that, that, God, that Jesus went to the cross, Jesus died for your sins, and you must believe that God raised him from the dead, and then you surrender your life to him, you receive him as Savior and Lord. The moment you do that, what happened? You get born again. The scripture says, as many as receive him, to them give he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe in his name. So you must, first of all, get the nature of God in you by being born again. And there is no other name. You know, sometimes the, the, the issue with false religions is that they'll, they'll try to see if there's some other way by which you can get to God. But the scripture says, there is no other way. Jesus is the only way. He is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. There is only one mediator between God and man, and that is the man Christ Jesus. It is only Jesus that died on the cross that was raised up from the dead. Jesus was the only human being that never sinned. He was God in the flesh. He was sinless, that never sinned, that could pay the price for one sin. So there is no other way except Jesus. And I'm just going to mention this here for some reason. Maybe there's someone that needs to know this, or you need to share this with somebody. Because, you know, when we say that Jesus is the only way, sometimes we kind of back off. We, we, you know, people feel that, you know, you're being arrogant. But this is how it is. If someone is in a building, and that building is about to blow up or burn up, I think you need to tell them the truth. What is the truth? Get out. Amen? So if the truth is that the only way is the way of Jesus, and without it, it's like being in a building that will just blow up and burn up, then I think we owe it. We owe it to every human being to share with them that this is the way. This is the only way. Hallelujah. First John chapter 5, verse 11 says, and this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life, this life, this nature is in his son. He who has the son has that life, has God's nature. And he who does not have the son of God does not have the nature of God, does not have the life of God. So first and foremost, how are you going to function in, this, in, 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 the, in the divine nature of God? Number one, you got to have it. Number two, you also got to know that you have it. When you've accepted Jesus, you need to know that you have been born again. First Peter chapter 1, verse 23 says you were born again, not with corruptible seed as silver and gold, but you've been born again. You've been born again, sorry, you've been born again by the incorruptible seed of the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. You've been born again by the word of God, the immortal Word of God. Hallelujah. And what happened is you became a new creation. All things pass away. All things become new. And all things are now of God. Christ is now in you. And he is the hope of glory. 
and Christ who is in you, in Christ is all the fullness of Godhead. As Christ himself is in you, he is in you, he is the nature of God, the nature of Christ is, the nature of God is in Christ. The divine nature of God is, is the very life of Christ. And that life is in you when you get born again. The scripture says in Galatians 3 verse 27 that when you were baptized into Christ, you put on Christ. You put on that divine nature in your spirit. Colossians 3.10 says that this new man, this new man on the inside has been, this new man on the inside is created after the image of him that created him, after the very image of God, after the very image of Christ. He is created in righteousness and true holiness, the righteousness of God, the holiness of God. So that born again, so your born again spirit has the very nature of God. You have that nature you, and you need to know that you have it. Whatever is born of God overcometh the world. Hallelujah. You are of God, little children. And, and, and this, you are of God, little children, and you have overcome them. Why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Who is in you? God is in you. Jesus is in you. The Holy Spirit is in you. Colossians chapter 2 verse 9 and 10 says that in Christ is the fullness of the Godhead dwelling bodily. And you are complete in Christ. Amen? What does that mean? It means that not only do you have the divine nature of God in you, but it also means that you have the entirety of the divine nature of God in you. In other words, the love of God is the divine nature when you've got that. Mercy is part of that divine nature, you've got that. Amen? All the fruits of the Spirit, you've got that. Hallelujah. Righteousness, holiness, you've got that. The power of God, the same power that raised up Christ from the dead, dwells within us. I mean, that these things are so far out that, that, that your, your reasoning, your natural mind can't grab it. You've got to receive this by faith. That the very nature of God and all that he is and the, and the entirety of his nature is living on the inside of your born-again spirit. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7 calls it, it says we have these treasures in earthen vessel. And it's talking about the, the various attributes of God, the very glory and the glory of God, the very essence of his being is living on the inside of you. You know, we say God is a consuming fire, which he is. Well, the God inside of you is a consuming fire. That consuming fire of God is on the inside of you. Well, you say, well, how come you're not burning up? Because you're, you're, you, when you were born again, you know, the scripture speaks about old wine skin and new wine skin. And if you get new wine and you put it in the old wine skin, then the wine skin will burst and spill everywhere. So you got to get, get a new wine skin in order to put in new wine. Well, you got to have the right kind of wine skin for the glory of God and for the very person of God to live on the inside of you. God who's a consuming fire. God who is perfectly holy. But then you see, you got this new wine skin in the new birth. So that you are the temple of the living God. God has so designed you. You have a temple made without hands. Made by the spirit of the living God. So that God himself can come and live on the inside of you. Which is exactly where he is. With all of his power. With all of his glory. With all of his majesty. With all of his excellence. With all of his mercy. With all of his love. With all of his forgiveness. You've got that nature. Hallelujah. But you see we must acknowledge it. If we don't acknowledge it, we'll never be able to function in it. Hallelujah. When God moved in, he brought everything with him. All that he is. 
You know, the scripture says that, that in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 23, that you, you are the church. You are the body of Christ. You are the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Let's dare to believe that. Say, I have the entirety of God's nature in my spirit right now at all times. Amen. So all that God is, he is in you. Now that includes his, him being holy. Now last week we didn't, we left out, we didn't get to this part, so let me just mention it quickly. God is holy. So God's holiness is in you. God is holy, and so you are holy. His holiness is now your nature, is now in your spirit. You are holy. Say, I am holy. Amen. Amen. Well, you say, well, there is none holy but God. That's correct. But you are holy with his holiness. Yes. Amen. So you got to, but you got to own this. You've got to accept this. You've got to receive this. You cannot separate yourself from that in your thinking. We are believers. We believe God's word. Even when sometimes, even if it may seem you, even if when you speak the word of God and you dare to believe the word of God to other people, you might seem strange. You may seem even arrogant. Colossians 1, 21 and 22 says, you were reconciled in the body of Jesus' flesh. How? Through death. What for? So that he can present you holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in God's sight. Hallelujah. Amen. So being holy, what is that about? It is a state of absolute spiritual perfection. It is, a, it is, a, it is impeccably, it, it is like impeccable purity. Faultless and undefiled in nature and in character. In your born-again spirit, you are, you are so pure, so faultless. You, you, you have the, I mean, the, the character of your born-again spirit is, is impeccable. Holy is the totality of God's perfection and purity. And that's who you are in your spirit. You know, I, I, I've seen sometimes someone might have difficulty receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. And I've seen on occasion... Many times when you take them into an arena where they're born again and they begin to recognize how holy and how pure they are, they receive very quickly. And I wonder why is that? I believe it is because even though they're born again, there is that condemnation, there is that guilt from things that they have done in the past, and those things are weighing on them, and it's somehow, and they feel unworthy, and, they, and as well, they have this difficulty in receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the evidence of the free flow of the river of tongues. But when they recognize the holy, it makes all the difference. And I believe the same is true in other areas when you're believing for healing or you're believing for anything. It is not going to be yours. You, know, you don't possess the promises of God because you are so pure and holy in yourself. You possess the promises of God in the name of Jesus because Jesus is the one that has qualified you. So you, you, you receive all of these promises because of who you are in your spirit. Ye are God's. You belong to him. You have his nature. You have the name of Jesus. Amen? God sees you as he sees Jesus. So if God will do it for Jesus, he will do it for you. Amen? I'm saying that because, you see, we must receive and we must own this identity, this revelation. I am holy. 
I am righteous. I am merciful. I am gracious. Truth abides in me. I delight in the word of God. I delight in truth. Hallelujah. Christ has made unto you wisdom. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You have been perfected forever by that one sacrifice. Set apart, made holy unto God. Now, is there a working out of this holiness, this character of God, this nature of God that is on the inside of you? Yes, it needs to be worked out because your soul and your body is not, is not in line as yet. And it does need to be drawn out. You got to work out that holiness. You got to work out that love of God. You got to work out that nature, the scripture says in Philippians 2 verse 12, with fear and trembling. Now, I mention this because, you see, quite often there's a conflict that happens within our thinking. Because what happened, we, we, we hear that I'm the righteousness of God. We hear how pure, how perfect, how clean, how, how, how impeccably um, uh, uh, pure and perfect we are in our spirit. But then we look and, and we see in our very own lives there are contradictions. And so it creates some confusion. And then we see contradictions in the life of other believers. And, and, and so we say, well, if this person is born again, and if this person is so pure and so holy, and this, how come they're behaving this way or that way? Amen? Sometimes we even make excuses. We, you know, and that, uh, uh, you know, I'm just a sinner. I got saved by grace. And, and we make excuses that, um, that God is not finished with me yet and all kinds. But where is this coming from? Where it's coming from is this. We got to understand something. In your spirit, you're perfectly pure and holy, but it's in your spirit, and it needs to be worked out. That is why the scripture says that the Holy Spirit, he is at work within you, both to will and to do his, his good pleasure. He's at work within you, so as to take the truths and the desires that he wants you to have and bring them out in the other areas of your life. And you cooperate with him to draw that thing out. That is why we have the power of the blood that says, by the blood of the everlasting covenant, all right, he, has, he, he, he perfects us in every good work. What does that mean? It means by that blood, he equips us. He gives us all the equipping that we need by the blood of this everlasting covenant. Because by the blood of this everlasting covenant, we are connected to the various attributes, to the various graces that are in God we are connected with it, and when those graces flow, they produce, they equip us, they enable us. Amen? But there is a working out. But it is for that very reason that this message is important. How do you function in God's nature? Because here's the interesting thing. As you function in God's nature, and as you obey the word and function in God's nature, that very that, that very, the very process of functioning in God's nature will also automatically cause a transformation to take place so that the life that you have on the inside can come to the outside. Amen? So that's interesting that here I am, I'm focused. I'm focused on what? I'm focused on the reality of this nature that is in me and functioning in, in this nature. And as I do so, what happens? What happens? That power, that life, what that nature is on the inside begins to come to the outside and the transformation takes place. It almost takes place. It takes place automatically. Amen? Yeah. 
I don't know about you, but I like that. It is a faith that it might be by grace. Hallelujah. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. But we are to begin where? We are to begin by focusing on the inside. This stuff works from the inside out, not the outside in. You see, when you go about and you take the pathway of legalism, I'm going to stop doing this, stop doing that, I'm going to do this and do it. And when you go into, and you try to go, and you, you, and you, you, you operating on the doing and the doing and the laws and the rules and the regulations, it's not about, that's not how it works. It's not from the outside in. It's from the inside out. It is not the doing, it is the being. It is the being, who you are. And focusing on that. Hallelujah. So you must be born again. And you must receive God to, in order to receive God's nature. And then you must know that you have God's nature inside of you. And then what is I'm saying? It works from the inside out. So you must develop a continual consciousness of God's divine nature that is in you. You must develop a continual consciousness of God's divine nature that is in you. Why is that? Why is that? Consider. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 34 says, Awake to righteousness and sin not. In other words, awake to that righteousness, to that oneness that you have with God. Awake to that nature that you have with God and sin not. What is sin? Sin is separation from God. Awake to that oneness and don't be in the place uh, where, you, where, where you're living in a, in a place of separation from God. Awake to righteousness. Awake to that nature. Because as you do, that is the very means by which you do not live in a place of separation from God. Amen? Which is to say then, to awake to righteousness is implying that without righteousness, without being awake, without being conscious of that righteousness, you will automatically fall in to that place of sin and separation. So awake, being awake and being conscious and being aware of his indwelling presence, of the nature of God in you, of the fact that you are righteous becomes necessary for you to not function in a place of separation, but to function in the very nature of God. That is why the revelation of righteousness is so important. Amen? Now, here's another reason why it is so important for you to awake and have this consciousness that I have the nature of God. It is in me. And, and having that consciousness 24 hours a day. Philemon verse 6 says that the communication of your faith, your faith becomes effective when you acknowledge every good thing that is in you in Christ. When you acknowledge every good thing that is in you in Christ, your faith will work. Every good thing. In other words, there's an emphasis not just on the overall nature of God, but every good thing, every spiritual blessing, recognizing the holiness, recognizing the love, recognizing the mercy, recognizing the faith, recognizing the various items and the various aspects and, 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 and attributes of that are in your spirit. All things have passed away. All things have become new. All things are of God. What are those all things? The peace, the joy. This scripture, Philemon 6 says that your faith will work, your faith will produce when you acknowledge those issues, when you acknowledge each and every one of those aspects. No one of the reasons why sometimes people have difficulty receiving and having a healing manifested is because they don't take enough time to acknowledge 
that the divine healing power lives in their spirit. To acknowledge that by his stripes they were healed and therefore they are healed. They don't take enough time to acknowledge what is finished. To acknowledge what is this every spiritual blessing wherein you have been blessed with in heavenly places in Christ. Turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 1. You know, this is of such importance, but yet it is an area we miss it. Because you see, we are living in a, and we have grown up in a system that is based on the outside in. We are in an environment where it's works and it's legalism and it's doing more than it is being. Your identity, your identity comes from, from, from what you do much more than who you are. Now, in 2 Peter chapter 1, I'm heading to verse 9, but I want you to see this verse. But let me read from verse 2. The point is, why is it it's so valuable to develop this consciousness that God, all that he is, and his divine nature is in you? Why is it important? 2 Peter chapter 2, reading from verse 1. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these promises you would be a partaker of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. But also, for this very reason, giving all diligence... Add to your faith virtue, and to virtue, knowledge. To knowledge, add self-control. And to self-control, perseverance. In other words, developing these things. To perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. They sound very much like the fruits of the Spirit, don't they? And if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren, nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So when these things are not abounding in your life, then what happens? You are barren in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the word knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ is intimacy as well. So these things need to abound in your life. These things are, 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 are catalysts or, or, or ingredients that bakes the cake. These are ingredients that will cause you to grow in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, grow in intimacy with him, be in a place where revelation knowledge comes easy. And then look what it says in verse 9. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his sins. In other words, it's saying you ought to have these things operating in your life because as you do, you will be in an intimate relationship with God. The realms of revelation knowledge will be open unto you. You'll be fruitful in the knowledge of God as you operate in these things. But then it also says those that are not having these things operating in their life, it is because, it is because they had forgotten they were purged from their sins. In other words, they have forgotten they've been forgiven. They have forgotten and they've lost sight of the fact that they are righteous. They have forgotten that the love of God is shed abroad in their heart. They have forgotten they got the nature of God. In other words, when you take that scripture and you flip, you flip it over, 
you reverse it, then you will see that as you focus and as you um, get a good grasp and do not forget and but remember that you are righteous, that you have the nature of God or who you are in the inside, then all these other things will be added and as a result, you will become, you will, you will become um, intimate with the Lord. You will grow in knowledge. Revelation knowledge will come easier. Why? Because of making this identification and developing in his consciousness of who you are on the inside. In other words, the people that are having all these flesh issues, the biggest reason for it is because they forgot that they were forgiven. They forgot that they are now the righteousness of God in Christ. So where is the answer? What is the answer? Where is the deliverance? Where is the help? The help and the deliverance comes from within. It comes from the reality that you're righteous. It comes from the reality that the love of God is shed abroad in your heart. You see, when you can acknowledge the truth, there is power that will come out of that truth to set you free. People struggle with forgiveness and unforgiveness and these issues. Why? Because they don't recognize the fact that Christ within them is the grace of God to forgive. They don't recognize that they have the power, that the love of God is shed abroad in their heart. And that this is the nature that they have right now. Amen? Are you with me? And that is a, it's a simple thing, but it is, a, it is, it is an important thing, and it is, it is somewhat um, profound. Hallelujah. So you are fruitful in the fruits of the Spirit, the various aspects of God's divine nature, as you can recognize the reality of that indwelling presence. Because you see, these are the things that they were talking about, the kindness and the, the, the kindness and the temperance, the self. These are fruits. These are fruits that are coming from the root. These are the fruits of righteousness. They are the fruits that comes out of the oneness that you have with God in Christ. So focus on the oneness. Focus on the root, and I'll take care of the fruit. Amen? Hallelujah. Does that make sense to you? Amen. Glory to God. So the more conscious, the more conscious you become of God's indwelling presence, the more it will affect your thinking, your believing, your speaking. The more you become God inside-minded, God nature is on the inside of me, it will affect you. It will affect how you think. It will affect how you speak. It will affect how you behave. It will affect how you act. Hallelujah. Why? The scripture says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. What does that mean? Well, as a man thinks in his heart continuously, that's how he's going to become. So if you continually thinking, the love of God dominates me. Um, the peace of God is my peace. The joy of the Lord is my, is my strength. Jesus has made unto me wisdom. I'm never at a loss where I don't know what to do because I might not know in my head, but the spirit that lives on the inside of me, he teaches me all things. He leads me and guides me to all truth. He knows all things and he reveals them. All. When you begin to think that way, and then here you are in a situation, what do I do? Immediately you're thinking, I know what I'm going to do. I'll check with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> And you, in other words, you, you, you just, you walk, you know, you, you, your faith becomes like breath. You, 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 you breathe this stuff. You, you don't have to think about it. It becomes a, a, a reflex. It becomes like muscle memory. It is so very important developing in a conscious, 
continual awareness of who you are on the inside, the nature of God, the righteousness, and these things. Glory to God. Ha, ha, ha. Hallelujah. You know, I'm telling you, when this thing gets built into you, it affects you. There is some, there is, it stimulates your faith. But for me, there's some things I can't say them. Sometimes I, 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 there's some songs I cannot bring myself to sing. Because the, the nature of the songs might be, 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 be talking about God as if he's far off something. Come, Jesus. All right? Or the, the song might have something like, um, take not your Holy Spirit from me. Well, he said he never leave me nor forsake me. So I can't say that. You know, I can't I can, I can allow myself to, to be, to be, to be um, you know, I'm, I'm sick of this, I'm sick of that. This, this bugs me, this irritates me. Why? Because I can't speak that out of my mouth. Because that's not the word of God. The word of God says, out of my belly flows rivers of living water, healing and wholeness. That's my portion. Not sickness and disease and getting tired. And, no. Does that mean, that, does not this body have challenges? Yes, it does. But we live from the inside out. And when we develop that consciousness, it will affect your thinking, your believing, and your speaking. And that is such a, 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 a massive foundation for faith. Hallelujah. Anyway, praise God forevermore. So, but in order to get to that kind of place, it is necessary that your mind become renewed. Renewed to the reality of who you are in the inside. Renewed to the nature of God that is inside of you. What do you mean renewed? To be, to be renewed is like you got to go in to the computer of your thinking and your psyche and your subconscious or whatever. And you got to pull out all of those old programs. Pull them out. Delete them. Um, what, what do you call it? What do they do to the hard drive? Purge it. What do they do? Wipe it. Wipe it out. Clean it out. And then put in the new programs of the word of God. The constitution of heaven. Amen. So the renewing of your mind... Um, the renewing of your mind is, 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 as the mind is renewed, the consciousness of his indwelling presence will just, will just happen. Ephesians 4 verse 22 um, to 24 basically says that you need to strip off the old man with his old conversation. The way, his way of thinking and being and speaking and his attitudes, the way he used to talk. And you need to strip him off. You need to like literally get sandpaper and just sandblast him and just remove and, 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 and strip that nature. Strip his thinking out. Wipe it out to the computer of your system and become renewed in the spirit of your mind. And put in a new man. Put in a new program. Put on the, put on the new man which is created in righteousness and true holiness. Hallelujah. There is a process. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, cause the renewing of mind. It says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because as you do, you will be able to prove and experience for yourself what's God's good, perfect, and acceptable will. The renewing of your mind is a process. It doesn't happen overnight, but it happens when you continually meditate in the word of God. Meditating in the word is a great tool to renewing your mind. Meditating in the Word of God, that is also a process too. Biblical meditation, let me just, I don't know if I could improve on what I've written here. Biblical meditation is a process that God, so I'm going to read it. Biblical meditation is a process that God has given to us to make the truths of His Word and spiritual things to be real to you. 
It will cause spiritual things and the word of God to be as real to you as stumping your toe is real to you in the physical realm. Or in the same way, if you've had a nightmare and you wake up in the middle of the night, as real as that nightmare is in the soulish realm, so real will the word and spiritual truth be to you when you meditate in it. In other words, this is God's way to bring you to the place where what you see in the word is more real than anything in, in the physical or in any other arena. It is easy, it's, it's, I mean, as preachers, we say to people, don't look at the things that are seen, but look at the things that are not seen. We say, set your affections on the things which are above. Believe according as what it is written. Uh, but how do you get there? How do you get to that place? It is the renewing of your mind that can cause you to see, that can cause you to receive, that can cause you for it to become more real to you. That by his stripes I were healed. And that becomes more real than the very physical pain and discomfort that you might be feeling in the very same instant. But what happens is when you get to that place where your mind becomes so renewed, it is only a matter of time and the manifestation will come. In other words, you will be able to prove and experience God's good, perfect, and acceptable will. It is working from the inside out. Say from the inside out. There is a song like that, isn't there? From the inside out of my heart. There's a song like that, but anyway, don't ask me to sing it. <laughs> I'll spare you. <laughs> so you meditate in God's word by what? Delighting in the word of God. Let me read this to you. Psalms, um, Psalms 1, a, a, a passage you're familiar with. It says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly nor standeth in the path of sinners, nor sitteth in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, his delight, and the word delight and meditate is, are somewhat synonymous. His delight is in the law of the Lord. That's in the word of God. And in, his, and in the word he meditates and delights day and night. What happens? He'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bring forth his fruit in its season, his leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Because that meditating creates such a renewing of the mind, and that renewing of the mind lines you up with the power of God that is in your spirit. And then you don't have these channels plug, um, clogged up in your soul, and the life that is in your spirit can now flow through your soul, come out into your body, produce healing and deliverance, come out of your life, produce prosperity and freedoms in your life, or whatever the case might be, from the inside out. Say, I got the power in me. Say, I got the power in me. You see, this is the truth. You have the power in you. The same power that raised up Christ from the dead. The same love of God that was able to, um, to, wash, the, to wash Judas' feet, knowing that he was going to betray him. The same love of God, but wherein Stephen is being stoned, and he could say, Father, forgive them. How can you be that way? It's from the inside out. Amen. The meditating in the Word of God is what will cause the consciousness of who you are on the inside to come to the outside. How does it work? You delight in the Word. You think on the Word. You study the Word. You mutter the Word. You confess the Word. You pray the Word. You sing the Word. You, you, you imagine the Word. You envision the Word. 
You envision the truths of the word of God. You memorize the word. Meditating moves you to revelation. What do you mean revelation? It moves you to the place where you can begin to see it. You can see it. Meditation moves you to revelation, and then a revelation will produce the motivation so that you can take action, which will bring forth fruit. And when that fruit comes, that is the outward evidence of the kind of tree that you got on the inside. It is the outward evidence of the indwelling truth of God's word. The outward evidence of the love of God and the nature of God that is on the inside of you. So the more you develop in the consciousness and in the awareness that you have God's divine nature with all of its attributes in you, the more spontaneous and automatic are your responses to the various situations in life. I mean, there's something like for me, the scripture, nothing here that shall not be revealed, is so built into me. Do I have to deal with, oops, where did I put my phone? Where did I leave my keys? Yes, I do. Have you seen my keys? But immediately, as soon as I can't find something, immediately, I, 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 the way I think is that there's nothing here that shall not be revealed. So what do I do? Keys you're found. I'm not going to just sit, I'll get and search for it. But that's how I think, that's how I speak, that's how I believe. Why? Because that's, that's my reflex, that's, my, that's, my, that's a building thing into me. And there are other areas in our lives we can so meditate in the word of God that it becomes built in and then it becomes our spontaneous response to situations that we face. I am really exhorting, what am I exhorting about? We have got the nature of God in us. But we need to function in that nature, function from that nature. And how do we do it? It's by faith. How do you do it? By faith. Now, the law of faith includes what? Believing, speaking, and acting. And I'm, and I'm coming in for landing just very soon. I can see the landway, the driveway. The driveway? No. No, the landing strip. <laughs> we need to land this plane on the ground. <laughs> so how do we function in God's divine nature? By faith. The law of that governs faith includes believing, speaking, and acting on the word. But you believe what? You believe when you can see what the word of God says. And that's why you meditate. So you can see it. Revelation comes when you meditate in the word of God. Revelation is revealed. You can see it. And then there is the speaking. You speak according to the word of God, according to the truth that you now believe as a result of meditating on the word. Amen? And as a result of getting revelation. So faith, it says, we, we have the same spirit of faith, 2 Corinthians 4.13. According as it is written, we believe and therefore speak. So we believe the word. There's a believing and then there's a speaking and then there's an acting. What do you mean acting? Well, you act as if what you're saying and what you're believing is true. It's called the corresponding action. And one of the first ways you can act in the, the, one of the first correspondent actions you can have for your faith is thanksgiving. Colossians 2 verse 7 says that you become established and you abound in faith as you abound in thanksgiving. You know, it's amazing. Sometimes you can have a situation and you can have a challenge, but you just begin to give God thanks about various aspects and what happens? Your faith builds up. Amen? So there is the believing, there is the speaking, and then there is the acting, the corresponding action, which includes thanksgiving. And it really includes any other corresponding physical actions that the Holy Spirit, by his wisdom, leads you to do. Sometimes the action might be giving. 
Sometimes that action might be making a phone call. Sometimes that action might be putting in a resume. Sometimes that action might be, might, might, whatever it might be. But you take action. Sometimes that action might be, uh, I mean, you're believing for healing. Maybe it might be to just, just make some effort to get up out of that wheelchair. Whatever the case is. It's called, it's called, uh, Paul calls it the obedience of faith. Amen? The obedience of faith. So, that is the essence of what I believe the Lord have for, have for you today. Amen? That you are to function in God's nature, and the way you do this is by faith. You do this by faith. You do this, and you must recognize that you've got that divine nature on the inside of you, and you must, you must know that you've got that divine nature on the inside of you. Recognize what the, the various aspects of it. Acknowledge it. Develop in the conscious awareness of who you are, what you are, and that nature that, it, uh, uh, that is inside of you and its various attributes. And then and renew your mind by meditating in the Word of God. Amen? This is how it works. Say, this is how it works. Say, I can do this. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I have God's nature in me. God's nature is my nature. It's in my spirit. Now, you know, from the very foundation of the world, before God created, before God ever said, let there be light, from the very foundation of the world, the plan of God always, always was for you and I to function like him, function out of his nature, out of his love, out of his faith, and all of that. And that is why when he created Adam, he said, let us make man in our image. Let them be like us. Let them have our nature. And, and then as a result, let them have dominion. Let them have authority. Let them subdue. Let them replenish the earth. Where was all this dom having dominion and replenishing come coming from? It's going to come out of that nature. But then Adam messed it up. Jesus came and he fixed it. He fixed it by his sacrifice. And so that because of his sacrifice, what happened? Here we are, we are now made perfect by that one sacrifice, and we now have the righteousness of God, and we now have the nature of God dwelling inside of us. But what for? For the same reason, that we might have dominion, that we might function in that nature. So it was God's plan from the beginning, it got messed up, it's restored, and now it is God's plan today, that you and I must do all of this teaching about righteousness and sacrifice and faith and this and that, it is to this end point that we would function in God's nature, like him, through him. Amen? We can stop there for today. Say, praise the Lord. Say, Lord, I receive that. Amen. Father, I thank you for great grace. And I thank you, Lord, that your word does not return void, but it accomplishes that which you please. And it prospers in the thing whereunto it is sent. So I thank you that this word that has gone forth in our hearts, that it is bringing forth much fruit in the mighty name of Jesus. And I'm asking that by the power of the Holy Spirit, that you would just brand us within our consciousness and with our thinking, the reality that your divine nature is in our spirit, that the love of God is within us, that we've got your faith, that we've got your mercy, that we've got your power. It's all in our spirit. And so that by humility, we would submit and we would yield to that life of God, that nature of yours that is in us. Father, I thank you for making this so real in our lives. In the name of Jesus, amen.